the case actually made it to the Supreme Court, that was when we really re like focused on, okay, we really need to figure out a plan because the U.S., not just for his visa, but also for my immigration situation, it just didn't seem feasible for either of us. Um, it was very stressful. And so we just wanted to go somewhere together, wherever it was. We're like Mexico, France. It doesn't matter. Hello and welcome again to International Love Story. I am having a video call right now with Itzy and Bray. So for, for everyone who's listening right now, you might also want to check out our new YouTube channel. It's International Love Story to see both of them sitting in France right now. Welcome, guys. I'm very, very happy to have you in the podcast today. I'm very looking forward to get to know you a little bit better, even though I know a few things about you already. Before we start, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you living? What are you doing? Tell us all about you. So I am Itsiri, but I go by Itsi. I am living with my husband in Paris right now, and I'm a first-year master's graduate student studying human rights and humanitarian action. And I'm Bryce, so uh, I'm Didi's husband. I am right now working, so I just graduated um, from a master's a few years ago. Um, I had a few work experience in the U.S., but now I'm, I'm working full-time in, in France right now. And you recently moved to France, right? Yes, we did, and that was quite a journey. So we actually met in the U.S. Uh, I was doing a domestic exchange program for my college in North Carolina, and I did the exchange in D.C., and he was doing an international exchange from Strasbourg in France in D.C., so we met at that college over that semester, and then from there, he stayed in North Carolina for my final year of college. And after that, we figured out a way to live together um, midpoint. We actually couldn't find a job in the same city. And maybe we'll get into this a little bit later. But because he was on an extended student visa, it was really complicated for him to find some sort of role position job after he graduated in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so he got what he could, but we didn't get anything in the same city. It was actually three hours apart. And we lived in the midway point of our two jobs. So we were driving an hour and a half in opposite directions every day for a year. And then once Trump, you know, was potentially being reelected and COVID hit, it was just a really big mess for us immigration wise. So we decided to come to France. But because I'm a Mexican citizen, we had to go to Mexico first. And we kind of got stuck in Mexico for a year. And but we're finally here. I honestly didn't know that that your original plan was from the beginning to move to France after the US. And that um, because of COVID and the paperwork, you had to go back to Mexico. Well, it, it wasn't really our plan actually to go to France. I mean, we, we thought about it, but at the beginning, we wanted to stay in the US. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that with COVID, my 
work visa well was which was a student visa um was just stopped and and then I couldn't renew it. It just like froze everything. So we just figure out where where could we go from now? Yeah, because we didn't want to be apart for too long. We had already been um, apart while he was still finishing up his last year of business school in D.C. And I went back to North Carolina. It was just a semester. And then when he had to come back to France to renew his visa, we were apart for those times. And for both of us, it was so difficult. So we decided that we didn't want to go through that again for an undetermined amount of time with COVID. So we just decided, okay, well, we should go somewhere else. Where can we go? And we decided France. Mm -hmm. When exactly, um, if we jump back again a little bit, which year did you get to know each other? Uh, we met in 2017. 2017 so 2017 2022 this year a couple of years already um and i also like because i'm a big fan of your instagram account and this is also what i would like to talk a little bit more in detail about but i just see like that you have been to amazing places meanwhile together so it seems like whatever life gives you um you're just making the best out of it at least this is this is what I see. And it's it's very enjoyable to follow you guys. Also the, the positive energy um you're you're spreading on, on social media. So I really enjoy it. And it seems like you guys, as I said before, you basically just did the best out of the situation and figured it out from there on to a place or to the place where you are at right now. Most of the time we're together. Um especially at the beginning in 2017, like our time was limited. So I was always on like a year visa. So at the end, there was always like, well, there's an option that I like can't stay. We've always tried to enjoy every, I guess, moment. We knew we had like a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like uh, something, I mean, very big in her relationship that make us have really strong bonds, like at the beginning and, and still today, like looking back. Is there, when you think back about like the time you start dating and then um, the visa situation for the US came along, is there a specific moment you both were like, okay, it's either we're going to make it work from there on or we go opposite directions or was it never an option for you? So you were always quite sure that no matter what, um, you basically go through it together. Well, honestly, that was really up to me because like she could stay. Um, I mean, she she was there for like her whole almost her whole life, but it was up to me to decide whether or not I wanted to stay. So um, by the time I, I visited her at her house, when when was it? Like in December, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, for Christmas because I couldn't come home. It was just too expensive. I had the student loan. Um, and I had nowhere to stay for Christmas, so she invited me. We weren't really dating at, at that time yet. Um, but I think that's where I took the decision uh, that um, I, I wasn't about to accept like, a job offer that I almost already had like on the table uh, after my, my grad school year. And I just decided to like spend my whole remaining time, I guess, finding something in the U.S. so I could extend my visa. So it was never an option. It was like there was no plan B. It was just like plan A, I figure out a way to stay. And I guess for me, I never thought about it as like, a, okay, we can choose to stay together or go separate ways. 
I think if there was a pivotal moment for me, um, we talked about his immigration situation, but for me, I'm not sure how much you know about Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, known as DACA, no. the program that, yeah, so that was started in 2012 under the Obama administration. And it was for basically the kids of folks who entered undocumented into the United States. And so it was people like me. So I wasn't a U.S. citizen, but with that program, I was able to drive and work legally. But once Trump was elected, from the very beginning, he was trying to end it. And so that was like the only thing that I had that kept me, I guess, sane during during my time in the U.S. because that was the only stability that I had. And so when it was very clear that he wanted to end it and he was not letting it go and the case actually made it to the Supreme Court, that was when we really, really like focused on, okay, we really need to figure out a plan because the U.S., not just for his visa, but also for my immigration situation, it just didn't seem feasible for either of us. Um, It was very stressful. And so Mm -hmm. we just wanted to go somewhere together, wherever it was. We're like Mexico, France. It it doesn't matter, honestly. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is crazy. I mean, I remember when um, I moved, so I moved to the U.S. in 2017. And like I was stressed out as well about uh, the whole Trump thing um, when he was announced or elected as president. But being especially being uh, Mexican, I can only imagine that this put some extra pressure on you because we know what happened, what he tried to do there. I don't want to get into detail, but yeah, basically trying to figure it out, trying to stay mentally stable. In such a situation, I can only imagine that this was a lot of pressure and a lot of like uncertainty in that moment. Um, what I really admire is nevertheless, you figured it out. I mean, obviously, you are living together now in France. Um, I think in Paris or close to Paris now? Yes. In Paris directly. Amazing. Amazing. And you make it work. What I've also learned um, also when it comes to our relationships and not just in my relationship, that in the end, it doesn't really matter where you're living. As long as you make it your home, as long as, as you're together, as long as you're working together, as long as you're trying to make friends, like trying to make you feel um, yourself feel comfortable, you basically can adjust in almost, not in all, but in almost every situation. What was in general the biggest challenge for you guys besides um, the paperwork and besides the uncertainty of where you're going to live and what's going to be next? So is there anything in addition you would like to share with everyone who's um, watching right now and with anyone who's listening? Maybe I'll start. (laughs) I think for me, one of the the biggest things, because I'm French, so I was born here uh, around Paris. and I also have a Caribbean uh, culture, so from Martinique. So I grew up in both like environment before going to the U.S. Um, so in France, like I, I, I'd say that the culture is a little bit more how to explain that um, a little bit more like private, I guess. And um, compared to our culture, where like it's, it's more like everyone is welcomed and open-minded. So it was at the beginning like really hard for me. Uh, to, I guess, adjust to that type of mindset. 
because I, I was used to have my own privacy, my own like things and just going to her home for the first like time where I was like with, with her brother and just like everyone was around and like it's just that's just actually like hard at the beginning. Yeah. And I do remember that he kept insisting that we go to the park or we do these things that I mean, I'm I love the park, but if I'm home from school, I'm there to see my family. And I mean, I have a big, large Mexican family. So, you know, for him, that was really overwhelming because they're loud. They're always there. They ask you so many questions. And that was a really, really big, like cultural clash that we had. Um, and then that especially exacerbated when we moved in together because my family was only like 25, 30 minute drive away. So they would constantly want to visit, but without saying they wanted to visit, they would show up unannounced. And he did not like that. He was like, no, you have to stay when you're coming. You can't come every day. This is our home, our private space. And I was like, what? But in my culture, like people just show up. And he understood that once we went to Mexico, because people just showed up like any time of the day, um, they would invite you to something and you'd just go spontaneously. Like you didn't have to plan things so rigidly like in France. So that was like a little thing that really in the beginning was was difficult. How did you how did you adjust to that, may I ask? We I think we at the beginning we didn't deal with it well, to okay. be honest. Mm -hmm. We just kept kind of like I was like, why does it bother you that my family's here? He's like, I just don't want them here. And I felt that he didn't like to have my family okay. around like I was offended mm -hmm. but then once we actually started talking about it I understood that culturally it was just very different for him and so I had a conversation with my family and I was like hey like we love to have you it's great but you know he comes from a different culture and just at least let us know when you're coming and like kindly asking them not to come by every day you know <laughs> Um, and so eventually we kind of figured out a middle ground. Okay. Yeah. And how, yeah, how yeah. did the, how did you, sorry, how did your family take it? So they understood after all. After all, in the end they did. My mom at the beginning was kind of offended. She was like, oh, so you don't want me to come over to your apartment? That's fine. We won't go. So then they just stopped coming. And so then we would have to go over there. So it was. It was definitely tricky to figure out. It wasn't a straight line, um, but we, we got there. Because it's a very tricky situation. Obviously, you, you don't want to offend anyone, but then you also have to have the talk or uh, it's you had to have the talk with her family um, and telling them, hey, listen, did you were, were you afraid that it might just backflash at some point to, to a point where her family might get upset with you or that you put her between between two shares, like, hey, you have to decide either me or your family because obviously this is not what you wanted, but it's a very, very tricky situation. Let me say it like this. Right, yeah. I guess I, I was never afraid because uh, I'm a very, like, like direct person. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of French people are that way. So whether you like it or not, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, like, say it. Um, so I think it did kind of help in a way because like I was just so upfront about it. I was not just like hiding it or just like like you know like lying to myself or like making something like like a small thing that could be fixed by just talking like a big thing. So 
I think it, it avoided the fact that like we like I confronted kind of her about it and then like she talked to her family to like lower it down and it was fine and then they was just joking about it okay at some points yeah it was not a, a really big deal oh perfect i would say the other time that i would highlight that it was a big issue was when my father so we had a two-bedroom apartment and my parents are separated and so my father at one point i think we had been living together for like two or three months like it was a short amount of time my father comes and visits and he's like oh can I move in with you and we were like what I mean a little bit surprised but also again Mexican culture like you don't say no to your family if they need to move in with you for xyz reasons Mm -hmm. like no questions asked and I mean I grew up seeing my parents open our home to others and we've lived with other families as well especially when you're first gen immigrant in the U.S., you often don't have the the financial stability to just have your own home for your nuclear family. So families come together and live together, and it was normal for me. And so that was a big, big conversation as well um, with with police. That is true. That's true, because I I grew more in a middle-class family in in France, um, and and like we had her own like home and had my own bedroom, like having her dad moving in with us where we just had, you know, two or three months like living together. Cause before she was a student and I had my like condo kind of like in Charlotte. So we, we really didn't live together before, like, we, like never basically. And that was just like, that was just like too much. Like with like her family being like really there all the time. And then, like that so uh, that that was like a, a big fight but then I think at some point I, I just realized you know how like fortunate we were and like like she just made me realize like different things and I just like changed my like perception because I'm not like too stubborn either like can I can hear things yeah so you're not you're not stubborn anymore or you will never wear stubborn may I ask so you adjusted uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I adjust. Like, if there's like good reasons that I I can change my mind. I would say if I had to describe him, he's an open-minded, stubborn person. So he's stubborn. <laughs> he's stubborn, but he keeps an open mind. Like, if you have good rationale and you really make good points, he's like, okay, I won't stick to you know whatever I was thinking just because I'm stubborn. Um, you have good points. Okay, I, I listen. yeah that's fair (laughs) and then you lived in in mexico for how long exactly before moving to france eight eight to nine months no ten months ten months months, yeah and now you're in paris so now you have another kind of cultural shock or was it easy for the both of you to adjust uh, well, I guess there was different cultural shock. I think uh, one was going from the U.S. to to Mexico, and two going from Mexico to to France. I think for her mostly. Well, no, but we went to after Mexico. We actually went to Martinique to visit his family for a few weeks, mm. and then we came to France. So for me, it was in the U.S. You know, eventually after twenty years there, it's basically my home. I go to Mexico, which 
my family's from there. I always grew up with similar food, the language, of course, but it's still not the same as the U.S. So there was a little bit of a culture shock there for me, but I'm sure it was much bigger for Belize. Um, and then from there, going to Martinique, it was very different as well, um, but more similar, I would say, to the Mexican culture than to the French culture, because Martinican culture is also very like, let's get together, let's eat food together. Um, it's very, I would say, much more similar. And then coming to France, yeah, I definitely felt really strange at the beginning because I just felt like, I don't know, maybe it's also just Paris. People are always in a rush. They don't really want to say hello to you. Um, I just felt they were much colder in terms of their attitude and their personality, especially coming from Mexico and then Martinique. And we lived in the south of the U.S., which also is known for Southern hospitality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm. But you could about your culture shocks. You had a lot, too. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, also going to the U.S., I, I wasn't really used to that, that mindset. Um, but I, I just did it, too, I think, every time. Um, I think in, in Mexico, the biggest thing was, like, really this uh, people coming in, like, your home, like, as if, like, they're, yeah. like, they're your, like, siblings or even my sibling, they just, just like go home without just telling me. But anyway, I think that that was the, the biggest thing. But I think at, at the end, I was kind of like expecting it. So I was kind of nice, I think, at some point. Um, but here it was like weird again, because uh, here we barely know her neighbors. We've probably seen them a few times in the elevator. They barely say hello. That was even like, I don't know, like a few houses away from where we were at. So. Yeah, and you can just feel the difference. Like when he would take out the trash at night, for example, the neighbor, he was in a mariachi band and he would offer him a mezcalito amigo. That's what he would say, which is a, a type of, um, it's, it's kind of similar to tequila. I don't know if you've ever had mezcal. It's a, it's a Mexican alcoholic beverage. And it was, it would be like 10, 11, whatever time it was, he would always offer him a mezcal <laughs> when he was just the trash yeah. and that was normal and it was it was fine and he they invited us to his son's cookout for his birthday and we barely knew them I think we had spoken to them like two or three times before and yeah so here when we got here no one wanted to know us our neighbors I was like wow like that's weird yeah that's that's so different to what you were used to before Definitely. Um, but all in all, you feel comfortable now in Paris or are you still adjusting? Is it still like, okay, we try to make this our home or how do you feel about Paris right now? I think in the beginning, it was really tough for me because he started working right away. Uh, we got here, I think it was um, two, two days before he started working full time. And I was just at the apartment. I didn't know anybody. I don't speak fluent French. So I definitely felt kind of isolated and I didn't feel at home at all. I miss my family and my friends and I felt really out of place. But I think once classes started and I'm really grateful that I'm a student because that's really helped me find my friends and a community here that I don't know how I would have adjusted without this community I found uh, within my studies, to be honest. 
And plus you moved to Paris when, I mean, you moved when the pandemic kind of slowed down a little bit or how was the situation in, in Paris at the moment you moved? Yeah, I think it was just like, um, like reopening. Everything was like reopening. So we got pretty lucky at that, at that time. So that made it easier also to adjust a little bit, to get to know people, even though if it was just a small group of people, um, as you said, like um, your, your co-students and also to explore Paris a little bit further because this is, like, as I said before, I just love all your Instagram reels. It's just so crazy. Like, it just kind of makes me feel like, hey, at some point we definitely have to check out Paris, even though it was never on my bucket list because I heard some good things. I also heard some bad things. But then there are, are like, it's your amazing Instagram content. I'm like, okay, let's just pack the things and go to Paris as well because it seems to be very beautiful. But do you do you feel like it's it could potentially be your home or do you maybe even have other plans? Do you even have a plan for the future? Is it more like going with the flow, seeing how things are going in general? Or, or what's what's the deal on the long run? Do you know already? No, that's a, that's a hard call. Like since we've been together, I think we've been figuring it out like year, year by year, mm -hmm. if not like months by month, to be honest. Um, and now it feels like it's like the, the first, I would say like the first few months that we have like a stable home, that we have kind of like stability. because um, we we like went through a lot of different like change. Um, we didn't have jobs for like 10 months or almost a year. So we're really low on cash at some point. It was just like a, a lot of mess. So right now we, we're not really thinking about like the, the long term. We're already just thinking about like her finishing her degree yeah. and then like seeing how we feel like being where we are and then figuring it out. Yeah. And it all depends also like where I get a job offer um, after my degree um, that can also determine whether we stay in Paris, France, Europe, somewhere else. We're really, really open. And I think the nice thing is that we can go anywhere where English, Spanish or French is spoken. Mm -hmm. So that really opens up a lot of different places. Um, but we're, we really just want to see different places in the world together, mm -hmm. um, especially because uh, prior to leaving the U.S., I really hadn't been anywhere else. So I'm just really excited to travel. So you both are speaking, yeah, obviously, but it's you're speaking French as well. So right now I'm not fluent. Um, I studied French uh, in the U.S., but obviously you don't have people to practice with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I lost a lot of grammar and vocabulary. And then I met him and his family and they all speak French. So I've definitely had to navigate trying to communicate with them. And um, I mean, in my daily life, I have to use French. I'd say right now I'm probably at between a B1 and B2 level. Um, but my goal is by the end of my studies to be at a B2 C1 level. Nice. So hopefully yes. that'll work out because I am taking French um, as well throughout my courses because they're all in English right now. So you're communicating in English or in Spanish? Just the two of you. In English. In English <laughs> mostly, but when we, when we can't think of a word, we'll say it in French or Spanish. So you're mixing languages as well. Somehow create your own language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we do we do the same actually, which is very interesting because natural right now, so my husband he's on um B B1 level German. Actually, I do think he's even better. But um same happens to us that he throws some German words in there, which I think is just so adorable. It's so nice. Um, because oftentimes he would just pronounce it wrongly. But um that basically just like gives another dynamic. I, I really enjoy it and now it's up to me to learn uh, Spanish because mi español es muy malo. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, obviously like same with you guys also to communicate with the family proper. And I feel like it's always um, something else if you, if you also speak the mother tongue of your partner, even though it's not perfect. But um, I feel like it can potentially also bring the relationship onto another level. I don't know how, how you see it. Um, so. I definitely have to work on my Spanish. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big driver, I think, for me that his, for example, his mom, she can sort of understand English, but she can't speak it at all. So if I want to communicate with her, I have to speak it in French. And so I think for me, that actually helps to push me to really learn it. If I want to have a deep conversation with his mother, I have to be able to say it in French. And so... I think that that can definitely like deepen our relationship and the conversation topics that we can we can have. Um, and thankfully, he knows Spanish and he can communicate with my family because that was important yeah. to me. Yeah. And find a partner. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a big thing. I think really helped me to like um, connect with her dad uh, and her mom and like her whole family. But yeah, a lot of them don't really like speak. English, although they understand it. Mm -hmm. And especially once, yeah, especially once we got to Mexico, I mean, they definitely don't know any English. <laughs> and so if you wanted to talk to my grandpa or, or my cousin or my aunt, and they live in like the, the rural part of Mexico where, you know, they have a very thick um, Mexican accent. So if you wanted to talk to them, he really had to practice in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So to summarize, um, you got to know his family and Bryce, you got to know her family and you were both able to, to communicate and also by that get to know also the culture of the other side and also where like um, it's, it's coming from, like the, the origin sounds weird, but I hope what, you know what I mean, like to understand a little bit better why you are who you are after all. Um, that's an important, very, very, very important thing as well as I feel to also get to know each other a little bit better. So we were talking about like your future plans. Um, you don't have any plans. This is, this is what I've heard right now. You feel very comfortable in Paris, um, little by little, uh, day by day, it's getting better. Um, But once again, if you, if you summarize the last few few years um, to everything you have been through, I mean, right now we're just scratching the surface of cultural differences, which I think is a bigger topic uh, in general. And I'm really enjoying that you're so open-minded when it comes to that, trying to maybe even, might even help others who are in a similar situation when it comes to moving to his or hers home country, you know, trying to communicate, trying to integrate the cultural shock and everything, that this is normal, that this is part 
of such a relationship, obviously, um, and that you have to figure out a way to deal with it. I guess communication is a big part of it as well. Um, but if you summarize the last few years and your learnings out of it, um, out of how you grew, what advice is it you would like to give to anyone who's listening right now and to anyone who's watching on YouTube right now? So I think the biggest things for me that I've learned um, being in the relationship with police um, would be two things. One, don't jump to conclusions and to ask questions. Um, before you jump to any conclusions, like you might think you know why, but you honestly could be totally off base. So I think it's better to just ask questions and be like, well, why do you think that? Or, oh, well, you said this, but did you mean this? Because this is how I interpreted it. Um, and so also because English isn't his first language, French isn't my first language. And so when we're speaking to each other's families, and if he's speaking to my family, sometimes a comment that our family member could make um, could rub us the wrong way, but they didn't mean it like that because, again, it's not our first language, so maybe we misunderstood something, which has happened. And so I think before jumping to any conclusions, just asking questions um, to the family members, but also to each other. Yeah, I think the biggest like, thing um like one thing we did uh before getting married because uh, it was kind of like all, all rushed like we, we we basically got married because like i didn't want her to take the risk of like not being able to be in france and you know we i was sure like we would be married at some point but that was kind of like rushed um we actually like wrote down everything we've we wanted like out of life in terms of relationship mm -hmm. uh like kids money like a lot of different like factors aspect in her life and i think it really helps um today because like we always like like know each other like we always know like what we want and what, what the other wants so yeah i think that's like a really big thing to just like put things like down and, and communicate as she said um, and the second thing I think is uh, just taking like uh, actions and, and risk. I think she made me, I think from her culture and her personality, I think she made me take more risk and actions. Um, and uh, whether it's to just, you know, take a, a, a trip together, like do something very spontaneous or just do things that you've always wanted to do. Um, I think that's like two big things for me. Wow, this is very deep, actually. I mean, you guys writing down your goals in life, the basics when it comes to family, where you see yourself in the future. But that was that was basically the first step before you got married to make sure you're on the same page, right? Yeah, that yeah. was to make sure that before we got married, we knew what we wanted long term. Did we want kids? How many? If we did, what religion? If any, did we want to raise wow. them in uh, all of these different conversation topics that a lot of people maybe have throughout their relationship, which, of course, we were having. But we set aside a time to really talk about it for I don't know how long we had the yeah. conversation. It's probably around two, three hours yeah. um, where we really dug deep into like why we thought certain things. Um, and so even if we didn't have the exact same answer, just being open to what the other thought and then. 
we actually made it a tradition. We don't do exactly that, but once a year, at any point throughout the year where we feel like it's the time, we um, talk about, well, what are our short-term goals, long-term goals um, in terms of our relationship, professional goals, Mm -hmm. um, fitness goals, whatever it may be, travel goals. Um, And I think that that really helps us keep each other accountable to our goals, but also keep us on the same page, see how we've changed our minds or not, or how we're growing. And it it really helps, I think, me at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know about about you. We actually just did it a few weeks ago. Yeah, before 2021. Mm -hmm. Wow. Before 2022. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's funny because this, like, this thing that we did, it's actually like connected to the first time I visited her in, in Sanford because it's like, it was like a book kind of like in her old like books um, that, that her dad like had from one of his friends that was, uh, I was really into personal development at this point. And she like lended me this book. Um, she helped let me borrow this book that I read. And, and I found this like piece at some point that was like, uh, a really big like things on on like life goals and like family and uh, getting married and and I was like that's that's a good idea so it's kind of like all connected. We have the book in case you're interested. What what does it say? The gift. The gift of success and happiness. It's transforming your life through business processing principles. Um, but. I mean, it's very like personal development, but there's this one exercise in here, actually. Um, and it's this whole table that we we actually did together. Oh, here. So it's a it's a marriage compatibility workshop worksheet. So it's major decisions, financial decisions, time decisions, what makes you happy and what goals you have. Wow. It's really extensive. We really, really like to go through and look at these. Yeah, especially as you said, I mean, you don't have a plan when it comes to where you're going to live. Like, and at what time if you like, if you settle down or where you settle down and all those questions other couples um, might have said already um, because the constellation is just a different other way of living. Um, but then this is your goal. So you don't always have to have a goal about like, where am I going to live? More about like, as you said, about your mindset. Are we on the right page? Um, are we, when it comes to family, um, what are the basics? Like what is important to me? What's important to you? Is it still important to you? Or did it change within the last few months? Why did it change? Like all this. It's actually very interesting because Nacho and I, we've just talked about the same topic four days ago. Really, because we have the same, like we don't know where we end up. We don't know if we settle. We don't know where we settle. Like, you know, there's the, the, the problem of obviously like my family's in German, his, uh, Germany, his family is in Argentina. Um, his family wants us to move here. My family wants us to stay in Europe. But honestly, we don't know what's going to come, um, which is great to, to just see what's going to happen, to be open towards anything. And I also believe like a little bit in about like um, the energy you're sending in the universe that eventually will come back to you. Um, But then it can also be very overwhelming because I often feel like, especially when it comes to social standards, so to speak, and that people will not always understand 
why you are thinking the way you're thinking because you are not normal in many folks. And for them, you're not, you know, because you're living a different lifestyle. And then what we did a few days ago um, is basically talking about the exact same topic. Like, are we still on the same page? Even though if we don't know where we're going to live at some point, what is your lifetime goal? Where do you see yourself in a few years? Um, doesn't have to be connected to a country, but um, connected to, do you want family? Um, do you want a house? Will the house have a garden? What? And I was thinking, okay, what plants am I going to plant? <laughs> How will my garden look like? <laughs> you know, like stupid things like this as well. And it helped us a lot basically to focus again and, and and not to get lost. Because sometimes I feel lost, to be honest. I don't know if you feel the same, but this is basically just a way to ground ourselves again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, I feel like, I mean, what you said, I like we're getting pulled in different directions, so many different directions by his family, my family, his friends, my friends, society of what we should do, what we shouldn't do, where we should live, where we shouldn't live. And I definitely feel like you're right. This is a very grounding exercise to be like, okay, let's block out all of that external noise and let's really have this conversation one-on-one -on -one with each other. Like, what do we want? Not what does everybody else want? Like, what is it at the end of the day, you and me? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. I'm really, really happy that uh, that we're talking about this topic right now, that you share kind of the same opinion and you're sharing the same opinion. And um, because I'm sure this is going to help a lot of people, um, a lot of couples maybe in a similar situation as you guys are right now, as we guys are as well, <laughs> um, that what's important as you said is what you want as a couple and where you see yourself in future and everything else you'll be able to manage as well um, as long as you're communicated um, honestly and openly also towards family and friends they might not always understand but that's okay because what counts is that you are happy and that you're working on your goals um, yeah thank you so much for that I mean I, I honestly didn't expect that this conversation might lead into this direction. I'm really enjoying that it did, uh, as it's a very, very important topic. Um, for everyone who wants to connect with you guys, who wants to learn more about you, who wants to be updated on your journey, on your amazing story, on your um, adventures in Paris right now, where can they find you? Oh, they can find you on, but find us, sorry. <laughs> traveling migrant um her instagram page we also have um a, a website that we've been kind of working on lately just to because i think i mean international experiences really like transform the way we've we've seen things um so i now did actually a career transition in in recruiting um so Uh, we're kind of building like a, a website to help more people that like, go abroad and the, the easiest ways, um, I mean, to live abroad uh, is to like work actually. So uh, without, you know, spending like all your money. So we're, um, we're building that to, to help more people find, find job abroad and like maybe start a, a new life or try new things. So we have this, both these platforms. Yeah. Do you know already roundabout when you'll be able to, 
the partnership. Everyone oh, check it out. Yeah, that is already published. It's been published for about a year, but oh. we haven't done a lot of, yeah, we haven't done a lot of um I would say like advertising on it yet. Uh, because we were actually in the process of kind of building out the site as we go. And so once it got to a place where we felt like, okay, it's good enough or it has enough content for us to really put it out there, we haven't really um, done a lot of yeah, like getting the yeah. word out. Yeah. Ah, okay. Because I didn't see it yet. Yeah, yeah. We, we have not. I don't think we've mentioned it. No, at all, you didn't. Ever. You didn't. I'm following you since a while, and uh, I've never I've never seen such a link. But is it okay for you if I link it in the side notes of the podcast as well as on YouTube? The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, of course. Perfect. As well as obviously uh, your Instagram account and the book recommendation um, you gave us. Maybe it's going to be helpful for others who are speaking couples who kind of struggle to yeah find a middle middle way um and to ground themselves to what's really really important to make sure they're really on the same page um going to work on a bigger goal because as you mentioned out of your experience as i've mentioned a couple of times out of our experience it's so important uh, to work on the bigger goal so is there anything else you would like to share or i would just say that I think that it's really important to connect with other couples who are going through the same thing because sometimes it can be really overwhelming and it is definitely like, oh, you're not normal. You're not doing the things right. Right. Um, and so just connect, finding a space, whether it's on Instagram or through a podcast or wherever it is, um, just connecting with other couples that have similar experiences. I think this conversation just really, really helps me to remind me that we're not alone in this. There's other couples going through this and there's a community out there. Thank you so much, guys. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, that was great. I'm saying bye for now. Have a lovely dinner because we're going to go to dinner now and um, please take care you as well and if you're still in argentina i think you mentioned that you were enjoy your time there before mm -hmm. coming back to europe yeah i know it's cold right now <laughs> <laughs> stay there <laughs> I don't want to back. i'm gonna stay here we have 38 degrees sunshine almost every day i really enjoy the weather here right now <laughs> but thank you for the warning <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. The next episode is going to be published on the 17th of March, two weeks from now after publishing this one. So we will go back to our bi-weekly schedule after spoiling you guys a little bit with publishing two episodes in one week. Um, and on the 17th of March, I'm going to talk to Shane and Liz. So Shane is from China, Liz is from Austria. Make sure to listen to this episode. Um, I'm pretty excited to publish that one. And if you enjoy listening to season three so far, there's actually one way to support me as well, which is rating this podcast. So you can actually rate this podcast on Spotify as well as on Apple Podcasts. So that would mean a lot to me. And 
Stay tuned, 17th of March. As mentioned, take care wherever you are. Bye.